This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a, uh, on a Wednesday. John McClain joins us in about an hour. So looking forward to... Catching up with uh, with the general, John McClain. First time we'll have talked to him since the Super Bowl this past weekend. Get his thoughts on that. Hall we're going to see if he's man enough to call Peter King a dummy. Yeah, we're going to ask yeah. him about, about that. Peter King, who listed out his – who's an Andre Johnson supporter. We should point that out. Peter King did vote yeah, for Andre Johnson. Yeah, I guess I should Johnson. back off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but, he, but the, when he listed the reasons <laughs> in his Football Morning in America cornerback, he listed Andre's height, weight, and speed as reasons to put him in the Hall of Fame. I didn't realize. Not just his speed, his speed from the combine, yeah. his forty time. It's, because uh, it, was it was almost weird. as good as Tory Holtz, which is it was the same. It yeah. was two one hundredths of a second off oh, of Tory Holtz, so he's yeah. almost as fast as Tory Holtz. Like, okay, Peter, that's what we're doing. Okay, we're yeah. taking we're taking uh, pro day measurements and acting like that's the actual performance on the field throughout a decade long NFL career. But you're, as you point out. He was in support of Andre. He was in support Johnson, of Andre so. Johnson, so we don't want to piss him off. But uh, I'm in social media mode where a lot of times people are agreeing with you, but they're using the wrong reasons. You're right. like, no, yeah, stop yeah. it! I get stop it. You're on my side. myself in with you. Yes, you're on my side. I know you think I'm hot, but it's not because of my eyes. It's because of my ass. All right. Uh, so, um, Framber Valdez. Uh, there were rumors circulating recently um, that. Framber Valdez was going to sign a big deal before the start of the uh, before the start of the 2023 season. We know that the Astros have been have been working on contract extensions for a bunch of guys, and Valdez is a is a logical one. the The rumor, at least the tweet that I saw, was from somebody by the name of Hector Gomez, who is got like a hundred thousand followers. He's a uh, Latin American uh, or a Spanish language um, MLB insider uh, commentator, I believe. Yep, yeah. he's a MLB insider, Debonica editor, Deportivo uh, at Z10 Digital. So there you go. So he's and as Seth points out, he's got a big following. He tweeted, he tweeted this um, source, and he tweeted it back on uh, Monday, Monday night. Uh, 
Framber Valdez could sign an extension with the Astros by opening day. According to a person close to the talks, he's looking for a contract of $150 million and up. Woo. Okay, so that, that, would, um, that would pass the smell test for me that, A, the Astros are talking to Framber Valdez, who is now their ace. He is, with no Justin Verlander, Framber Valdez is their best starting pitcher. Um, and number two, these early extensions tend to be <clears throat> five- or six-year deals that they've been doing. Yeah. Jordan, six-year deal. Bregman, five-year deal. Altuve, five-year deal. Javier just signed a five-year deal. I would say that six years, 150 for Fromber, $25 million a year for a guy who is has ascended to top five in the Cy Young balloting. Feels about right for an early extension? I think, yeah, I guess. I, I, I wonder, though, I don't know if six years would be the deal. Chris Sale had about, about $30 million. 150. It was actually it was a five year deal. It was 145 million, uh, which ended up ends up being 29 million a year. Um, so I don't know, somewhere around 30 million or high 20s for Framber right now to sign this far ahead. Like Chris Sale got that as a free agent. Yeah. So you got to take a discount if you're getting it far ahead of free agency. Yeah. I wonder. So I I think maybe if 150 million six years probably sounds right. Yeah. yeah that like that's that, where the that, that's enough of a discount. You yeah. nailed it. That was my thinking, yeah. Seth. Is that they're, they're Fromber is getting the benefit of getting three cheaper years bought out with higher salaries. So yeah. I mean we're if, I mean, we're, we're picking at nits yeah. here. It's going to be a lot of money for Fromber. Well, and, and irrespective of the fact that Chandler Rome says that this is, uh, according to Fram oh yeah, yeah, this is a bogus report. <laughs> yeah, that was the yeah. story, we, right? Before we dissect it all, we should point that out. Well, here's <laughs> why. Maybe here's why I'm talking this way. Let me read the quote from uh, Fromber's agent, um, who is named Ulysses Cabrera. Um, he um, Chandler Rome of the Chronicle checked in with Cabrera, and Cabrera called the report quote absolutely 100 percent made up information quote. This is a thousand percent categorically false. I haven't even had a conversation with Dana Brown with respect to Framber Valdez. There are no negotiations. Whatever conversations that do exist will not be handled in the press. End quote. I'll be honest with you, Seth. I just don't believe Cabrera. Like, I don't believe that there are no conversations going on with Framber's side and the Astros right now. You don't? I do not believe uh, it. I, I 100% do not believe so that's the though. case. Is just, it, if, is it, if somebody's emphatic, shouldn't I believe them? Especially an agent. <laughs> I am being happen. equally emphatic. If we yes. Sean, if we can't trust sports agents, who the hell can we trust? There you go. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. Um, I would be I would be disappointed if they weren't having some kind of talks. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it seems like Dana Brown has pretty much said, yep, we're keeping everybody. Just everybody buckle up because there's about to be a bunch of re-signings. So, Framber, I guess the only... The only drawback is that he's 29 years old. This will be his 29-year-old season. He's, he's an older arbitration guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's got a few years left. So are you are you going to cut yourself? Sh- like, would you still actually be in a reasonable position to retain him anyway when he hits free agency? Um, because he'll be in his lower 30s at that point. I, I don't think so. I think you. I think you're giving yourself a genuine discount here. So I think it's worth trying to re-sign him um, because I. You could project him out, and on average, I, I. I think his game ages well. Yes. I think he'll he'll be fine into his mid thirties. Bingo. I think that's the big thing with Fromber. Look, the Astros have been. I don't want to say. Well, they have been burned. They've been burned with extensions, big extensions, for pitchers. You know, they they signed Justin Verlander, older pitcher, granted, but a guy who'd seemed real durable. 
Um, the, you know, he he had to have Tommy John surgery. They paid him sixty six million dollars for one start, essentially mm. over a two year period. Um, the Lance McCullers extension kicked in last year for seventeen million a year. He didn't get on the mound until the middle of the summer, till after the All Star break, because yeah. he had an injury and he had Tommy John surgery a few years ago. So this is a team that's been. You know, they, they've got some battle scars from giving out big pitcher contracts. Fromber, to your point, I just, I, some of it's just being, for me, being a baseball fan and just looking at body types and styles of pitcher. Like he's, he can hum it up there at 98, but he doesn't have to hum it up there at 98. He's you, you a ground ball him, pitcher who relies on a lot of off speed stuff. Right, right. You could see him aging um, pretty damn well yes. uh, along the lines of some of the breaking ball pitchers that we've had here with the Astros. Um, so I think that, He's 29 right now. He would be – he's a free agent in 2026. Yep. So you've already got him for three years, and the question is do you expect him three, four years from now to still be dealing and really good? I would say that's – I, th- I think that's a safe gamble. I guess the only question is, all right, you know, he – he very much relies on his his breathing and his mindfulness and his mental preparation and his work with a sports psychologist. Do you worry that, okay, what if at some point he just falls away from working with the sports psychologist and loses that mental edge that he has right now? He turned a mental weakness into a mental strength. Yeah. Um, I got to think, I think this is the same as a guy that just kind of discovers working out and transforms himself physically. You just have to expect that they're going to keep doing what is working for them. And you can't, you can't worry about them regressing back into something they were when they were frankly less mature. So as a much more mature guy now than he was four years ago, I don't think you have to worry about that erratic framber. Remember when framber was a verb? Like, oh, he's frambering. He's frambering. Uh-oh. Um, or, I don't think you have to worry about it returning as a verb. Or when there was good framber and bad framber. Remember that? Yeah, there was yeah. there was two frambers out there. Yeah. So, um, uh, the pitchers and catchers are reporting today. I believe. I think they start up workouts tomorrow. I think they're reporting to West Palm Beach today. Um, Chandler Rome, in addition to his um, clarification on where things are at via Framber Valdez's agent, where things are at with that negotiation, he's got the biggest questions leading into. Spring training, mm-hmm. and I tell you my 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 big reaction. We'll get to the questions. Well, let's get to them, and then I can give you my big reaction to them. Um, can Jake Myers reestablish? How important are these questions to you, Seth? Can Jake Myers reestablish himself? Um, I it's important to me in that I I, I feel like we do this every off season now. We either establish either Jake Myers or Chaz McCormick as a finished product. We're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, Jake Myers. He looked good for a portion of a season. And sure, it looked like his arm was falling off in the playoffs, but I'm sure he'll be fine yeah. coming back this year. Like, yeah. well, it's, and it's, because it, even the minor league coaches, remember, as, as Myers was trying to come back this year, they were saying, like, listen, he didn't have a great arm to begin with before he hurt his arm. So, like, let's not act like, like uh, that's the thing holding him back. I think McCormick, is the the assumed starter right now, but I would like there to remain a competition and to have options there. I don't think I think either either of those guys at some point might you know take some leap and become a much more solid and stable and dependable guy. I don't I don't want to get clouded in my mind. I think of Chaz McCormick as the guy. 
I look at if you ask me to base it on emotion, I'm like, oh yeah, he's a top five center fielder, right? Right? Uh, <laughs> because of because of recency bias, but my brain knows that it's different. I think on this team, he's good enough. If he can just play at the level he played in the postseason, he's good enough for the, to be the center fielder for this team. Yeah, I mean, but that's yeah. If, if, if. Like you don't know if. if. These like, are all ifs with center so field. There's 162 games in a baseball season. No, I got it. Know? But, he, I mean, he's in his third or fourth year now. Like it's, And if he's not, then, you, then you've still got a problem in center field. Um, but, he, I mean, he showed for a month against a top competition that he, he didn't shrink from the moment there. Um, who is this spring's surprise is his next question. Um, and I, this may tie in with the next question. Is Forrest Whitley in a position to contribute? <laughs> you know, that, that might be the that biggest would be surprise, a surprise. Right? Like if, I noticed that the all, I noticed that all the the pipeline grading services chose this as the year to realize that Forrest Whitley has, has played like two baseball games in the last three decades. Yeah. Um, cause I know they, yeah. they, they put him down and they, they, they moved him down finally. Ah, uh, okay. Ever since the pandemic year when uh, they wondered exactly why Forrest Whitley showed up out of shape, I've been down on Forrest Whitley. Like, yeah. that was like, he's, he was old enough at that point that he didn't need to be showing up out of shape. It wasn't like a sign of maturity or anything. Go back to whatever his weird issue with, was with the, uh, whether it was Adderall or whatever, uh, whatever else it was, the PED that he tested positive for. He's just in that it's always something category yep so all right until it's not always something with Forrest Whitley I am not waiting on him to all of a sudden show up and blow everybody out of the water yep uh, I mean chances are the surprise is going to be somebody who's you know, at Sugarland or one of the minor league players in camp so we'll yeah. see who that is um defense next one I'll, I'll skip past Whitley because we just hit that one these are Chandler Rome's biggest questions for the Astros heading into spring training defense or offense behind Martin Maldonado in other words what do they choose as a backup catcher? I would say that's one area, Seth, that they've they kind of whiffed on in the offseason. They made it very yeah. clear they wanted to find – I mean, from owner on down, they explicitly said, we need more from the catcher position, and they didn't get a catcher. They didn't bring back Vasquez. They missed out on Wilson Contreras. They're, they're rolling right now with guys who are in their minor league system or had a cup of coffee last year with the, with the big league team. My answer is uh, you go with offense. It's Yiner Diaz all the way for me right up until he makes an error, and then I will despise him and hate <laughs> Till him. Until he sails one say, into center Corey, field. Yeah. Put Corey Lee in there, damn it. What yeah. the hell are we even doing anyway? You don't need your catcher to no, hit. We've yeah. proven that already. That's yeah. definitely happening with me. You know I'm a prisoner of the moment for sure. Um, yeah, I don't have a strong feeling either way on the backup catchers. I, I Honestly, like I like – I, I think it's this feels like something they're going to do at the trade deadline again this year, like they did last year with Vasquez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, as far as um, as far as McCormick goes, though, too, I I don't mean to overly like I'm not trying to say he's trash or anything. It's just yeah. that I, we're spoiled by having so many really good players. Having an average batter at center field who's really good defensively is not bad at all. Like yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to be freaking out if, if McCormick is the guy or anything. I'm not there, to, you know, adamant that he has to um, be replaced or get better or anything. Uh, it's just that I don't, I don't feel like it's a slam dunk. No, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's made it. And I don't either. But the reason I was saying it so casually is because I'm, I'm saying something that he's actually done. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if this yeah. isn't a, this isn't a, well, if Jabari Smith can score 25 a game for the Rockets, then da, 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 da. And he's averaging 12 yeah. a game right now. Like McCormick 
had a great, by his standards, he had a really good postseason uh, against top competition for you yeah. know for a really important month last year. No, and he was no, and as far as uh, it, offensively, he's been you know a, a average to slightly above average. It's not. It's it's yeah. um. You know, you're trying to replace George Springer, uh, and it's that you're. It's always going to feel a little, like a little bit of a disappointment, but yeah, he's been fine. That ain't happening. Yeah, replacing Spring Spring Dog. Um, the uh, we're getting some guesses on the trailer wheel and frame text page as to what our big announcement is at nine forty five. Ocho says, "I already know the big announcement. You're adding a a college basketball segment hosted by me twice a week. I'm excited." Um, no, Ocho. Uh no. Uh no. Is that Ocho's latest thing? Is he is he texting a lot of college basketball? He yeah, lately? he is actually today. Um but lately he's been texting a lot of shade at Cliff Kingsbury because he ruined Kyler Murray. Oh, o- that's right. Ocho's that's right. the apple of Ocho's eye is Kyler Murray. Yeah. Texas yeah. high school legend. So Um You know what? Somebody made a good point, mm. speaking of the text line, about how uh Framber's agent said that he hasn't talked to Dana Brown at all, right. but he didn't he didn't mention Jim Crane. Exactly. So <laughs> exactly. Dana Brown's only been around for a couple of weeks now, right? Has it? It seems like it's been three months already, but it's only been a couple of weeks. So maybe they haven't actually had that conversation yet. But he did have some with Jim Crane, perhaps. And to be clear, the report from this Hector Gomez fella was that he could sign one before uh, Framber Valdez could sign an extension. That's the word "could" before the start of the season. That's one of those open-ended type of reports. It wasn't a will. Sign it. It's could sign it. He could not. You know, it's it's one of those things. So yeah. Uh, all right. Payne and Pendergast with you. John McClain joins us. John McClain joins us at the top of the hour. Um, still some leftover nuggets from the Super Bowl that are popping up, either in interviews, Eric Bieniemy, um, an interview about Eric Bieniemy, or on social media. Boy, a couple of players from the two teams that played on Sunday getting after it on social media on Valentine's Day, and that's. That's important for purposes of this conversation. We'll tell you who it was, what they did, next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Pain and Pendergast. Pain and Pendergast with you. On a uh, Wednesday, John McClain joins us at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Um, LaShawn McCoy 
Seth, who was this interview with? That this was McCoy on did? I Am Athlete, which okay. was is Fred Taylor's podcast, yep. which now is apparently on Sirius. I think they have a show on Sirius. He's got a Fred Taylor, and uh, it's Ryan Clark, and then it's um, it's a guy that played in the NFL for a little bit, but the, he's kind of like the media professional of the bunch of as far as just. Like, he didn't have much of a pro career, but he's really funny. He does uh, radio in Miami, but I can't think of his name right okay. now. Um, but so they're on Sirius. So this was like in the, in the last minute of the show when they had LaShawn McCoy on as a guest. Uh, LaShawn McCoy decides to bust this out about Eric Bieniemy, And it was kind of – it was jarring to everybody because this is probably something they might have led with if they knew Sean, LaShawn McCoy had this in him. And the reason why I finished is because – me and the coordinator, then we had a difference about different things, right? And I'm going to say this. It's the reason why every year they keep hyping him up to get a, a coaching job, a head coach or office coordinator job for everywhere else, and you don't get one because he's still talking about Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, and the players. You're bringing this up now when we got a minute in the like, show. Like, truth. <laughs> Listen, because some players, right, he talks to them a, a certain way, and some players would take it. I wouldn't take it. Like, whoa. You know, and some question I would ask, everybody's accountable. Yeah, that's why it's not because he's a black coach. That's not the reason. The reason that because he, I won't get into that. But I'll say this: you can't, you can't say you, the, the, the reason. I mean, yeah, what yeah, they got, got one minute. But it's the reason why that every year they hype him up to get a job, and then when the time comes, nobody hires him because they know what type of coach he really is. So you're saying Eric Bieniemy was good night? Why you stopped playing in Kansas City? Yeah, come on, man. That's playing. They knew what it was. Okay, so so. This this obviously is getting uh, a lot of run. I think the the counterpoint is Andy Reid. <laughs> Andy Reid kind of diplomatically said, "Well, you know, um, uh, uh, Lashawn was in a different stage of his career at that point, <laughs> and like he was he was pretty. Uh, Lashawn McCoy was washed up at that point, and I think Andy Reid was hinting that look, he's got some sour grapes, and he's talking smack about Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, they, just for for context." LaShawn McCoy was 31 years old. He had just played four years in Buffalo, pretty yeah. good years in Buffalo. And then he went to Kansas City in 2019 at age 31. He had 101 carries that season. He played in 13 games. And then he left. He just stayed there one year. That was the year they won the Super Bowl, uh, their first Super Bowl, and then went to Tampa to finish out his career in 2020. And then that was yeah. it for LaShawn yeah. McCoy after that. And it's – um. I don't know. It's weird because all the the Eric Bieniemy talk kind of died down last year, and I think there have been a kind of a lot of little anecdotal reports or what have you that the interviews have been really bad, um, or that there's just some things that owners really don't like about Lashawn McCoy um, for, for whatever reason. I guess the the and everybody died down talking about that. I think I guess the thing to remember is. Like, there is a bit of a Jackie Robinson effect where, okay, when Jackie Robinson was the first player, black player in baseball, it wasn't like he was the only black player capable of playing in baseball. He was hand-selected because he was really good, but he also was, like, exemplary in every box you could check. Like, you had to find almost a perfect human being to put him in there. So I think that... It's it's frustrating, I think, if if people are looking at Eric Bieniemy and hearing like, okay, well, yeah, but he's got a real rough personality. But then you see Matt Patricia get a job. Yeah, <laughs> Matt Patricia didn't even have good defenses. He looks like a bum of a human when he's in the job. Yeah, like all these things that that people look past to hire Matt Patricia, they they won't look past to to hire Eric Bieniemy. And it's a it's a hard argument to make, I guess, because you're saying like, hey. 
He's got all these flaws, but come on, put yeah. him in there. Yeah. Um. So it's uh, it's a, it's it's just a it's a curious situation with Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, I I feel like in something like coaching in the NFL, with as many changes as there are in coaching, and with as many teams as there are, there's always things you whether whatever side of the argument you're on for or against Bieniemy or for or against another coach or yeah. is the league doing enough to to promote minority coaches into those positions. I feel like there's enough examples where you can point at singular things about almost anything and come up with one example or a few examples to support it. As far as what LaShawn McCoy said, my feeling on that, and I, I'm not a I'm not a huge, like, be, oh. the enemy's been wronged guy, Seth, but as far as, just real quick, my feelings on LaShawn McCoy uh, and what he said there, yeah. I, I feel like, I'm like, okay, you didn't like his management style. like you, And he admitted himself, like, some guys responded to it, I didn't. I don't. I. I feel like to each their own. Like if the enemy's going on conference calls and Zoom calls and in interviews, and he's acting like he does with players, and he when he's yelling at players, or when he's if he's acting the way he did that would alienate a Lashawn McCoy, like in practice. Well, then that's just silly for the enemy to be doing on interviews with owners of NFL yeah. teams. Like he, there is something. There is a sales pitch to be had here. You know, yeah. you are selling yourself. Um, but as far as like McCoy feeling a certain kind of way about it, like okay, well then go find a coach who who handles you with better kid gloves. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess because that part of it is what he did. Evidently, like if you leave everything else out of it, it just, it, to me, it sounds like there's, there's people who say the same thing about Bill O'Brien, but that doesn't mean that Bill O'Brien's not a valid candidate to be a head coach. You know, whether you you can think he's an awful head coach or good, but like he's a valid candidate to be a head coach for sure. Despite the way he might treat some players. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, correction. Sorry, I apologize. That's the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall and Pac-Man Jones, not The Pivot. The Pivot is the oh. one with Ryan Clark, Fred Taylor, and Channing Crowder. Oh, these guys are getting their podcasts, man. Oh, Channing Crowder's the other one. Yeah, Channing, Channing Crowder's, Crowder's the one on The Pivot, but yeah. that wasn't The Pivot that we were just gotcha, listening to. Gotcha, gotcha. That was the, the I Am <laughs> Okay, okay. So, yeah. Um, boy, you know, I'm looking at LaShawn McCoy's, you know, the you know figurative back of his football card, his pro football reference page. He did a nice job of picking landing spots towards the end of his career. Kansas City, 2019, Super Bowl ring. Uh, Tampa Bay, 2020, Super Bowl ring. He got two, Who's that? LaShawn McCoy. Oh, 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 okay. He got yeah. two Super Bowl rings at the end of his career for carrying the ball 111 times over two years. That's smart. That's good ring chasing is, right there. That's, that's superior ring chasing. I feel like he should get more credit for that. Like He should be in Vegas somewhere. Yeah. You know, they should be doing the LaShawn McCoy. He should have a sponsored segment where he does, like, the LaShawn McCoy futures bets or something yes, like that. Yes, yes. Like, uh, the, guy that, the guy that got it right two years in a row. LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy, two-time Super Bowl champ here, and I got two Super Bowl rings without having to do jack squat. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, um, the other guy, the guy that always comes to mind when, when people talk about some of those, some of those things with Eric Bieniemy is Mike Zimmer. Like Mike Zimmer forever was thought of a guy that was just way too rough around the edges. Like he's just, man, he's just not a head coach. He's just, he's mean, he's nasty. He doesn't interview well because he doesn't want to take anybody's BS. And then ultimately, I don't know. I, how do you judge, how do you judge Mike Zimmer's stint as a head coach with the Vikings? He's almost identical to Bill O'Brien in some, he's the defensive Bill O'Brien. They had some decent success, made the postseason, won a couple divisions. Probably if I went and looked, um, but personality, an issue. And honestly, Seth, as you bring up Mike Zimmer and his personality, he had a decent run in Minnesota, but ultimately that's what did him in. His guys got tired of him, you know? Well, he also, though, I mean, the, the difference between him and Bill O'Brien was that 
Bill O'Brien never really had success on his side of the ball. They didn't have a legitimately good offense the entire time he was yes. there. Mike Zimmer actually had really good defenses until those last – it was the last season. Yeah. Remember he said well, – it was after the Texans game perhaps, um, or, or, or around that time – he was talking about how, like, he didn't know how to handle it because he'd never actually had a bad defense. And you're like, whatever, Mike Zimmer. Then you look at the record and you realize, oh, oh my gosh, he's telling the truth. He's never actually had a bad defense. That was the first year. Yep, yep. So I, I think that's, that, that's how I process Zimmer. I think ultimately he's decent coach. His personality did him in. Probably best served being a defensive coordinator is what I would say. Um, 713-572-4610, the uh, trailer, wheel, and frame text page. Trailer, wheel. 5080. Cliff getting a job after failing a tech is all my proof that something weird is going on with B enemy. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I'm not going to compare Cliff to B enemy. I was somebody who, from the jump with Cliff, said, this is a bad hire. Like, the guy wasn't even a good head coach at Texas Tech, and you're bringing him in to coach an NFL team. What are you doing here? What are you Yeah, and- yeah, no, that's the Cliff, Kings, the Cliff Kingsbury hire is one of the weirder hires in NFL history. Absolutely, really. it is. I don't, has anybody ever gotten a head coaching job in the NFL, like in the modern NFL, after having so little success, especially so little recent success in in college football. I mean he's had so he had six seasons in um at Texas Tech. He, he had two out of three of his first seasons were winning seasons. Then he had three straight losing seasons. His record if, I remember if I'm not mistaken, his record was thirty five and forty. At Texas yeah, Tech. with three straight losing seasons, yeah. and then he got a job in the NFL. <laughs> like, here's how Be- we're because Kyler you. Murray was coming out. That was the whole yeah. reason. Like, oh, Kyler yeah. Murray's coming out. This guy would be perfect for Kyler Murray. I, I actually how, admire the gotta, thought process with it. I don't because of this. I admire half the thought process. But remember, the thinking was, hey, we've got this shorter college quarterback. How do we teach him how to play in the NFL? You get a college coach who's never coached NFL football before. Yeah, baby. It's uh, Which, this is the difference between, I, I think if it were Chip Kelly, it would be different. Because Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly is one of these maniacally driven, obsessive head coach types. When he got to the NFL, he knew that there were things that were going to have to change about his offense. And he tried to figure it out. And he hired, he hired guys like Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line coach, who's one of the best of this century and all these other guys like to, to kind of try to teach him the game and try to figure it out. And they had some success early on. Whereas I don't think, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury, very few people would say he's maniacally driven. I would guess. <laughs> no, yeah. he, he doesn't come across that way. At least uh, six seasons at Texas tech, 2013 through 2018. Here are his records. His best season was his first one, eight and five, four and eight, seven and six. And then his last three years, you're right, Seth. Five and seven, six and seven, five and seven. He wasn't even bowl eligible for two of his last three years. Sean, my favorite moment so far on the text line this morning. Maybe this might be my favorite moment, honestly, in the last ten years of the text line. Yeah, was when somebody was upset with me and uh, about what I was saying about Sean Payton, <laughs> which I, he took very seriously. Uh, so he told me. Um, seriously, in Texas, we talk crap to someone to their face. Um, on the text line, he said that. that- <laughs> <laughs> Literally almost fell off my chair. <laughs> I had to catch myself. I'm going to text this guy something about how in Texas, that, we talk crap to people's faces. That, Not- <laughs> that is the greatest text ever. That's, that's never... Okay, shut the, we can close the text page. We can shut the text page down. There's never going to be a better text than that. 
Oh, my God. All right. Payne and Pendercast with you. John McClain joins us at the top of the hour. We'll get his thoughts on all this stuff. Um, 7.40 each day between now and the draft. Mock draft injection time, baby. This time we got NFL.com's Chad Reuter with a bonus mock draft. This is a three-rounder, baby. He's got, the, he's got the Texans making a trade in the first round, too. That's a tease for you. So what is Chad Reuter thinking of the Texans uh, draft coming up? We will tell you next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. From the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, we'll do headlines here in uh, just a couple minutes. John McClain joins us at the top of the hour, 740-ish each day between now and the draft. What are the experts saying? The Payne and Pendergast mock draft injection. The Chad Reuter version 1.0 NFL.com 2023 three-round mock draft. We'll... Focus in on the first round, obviously. That's what everybody's most focused on. So Chad Reuter, who's one of the draft experts for the league's website, NFL.com, he's got the Texans trading up to the number one spot from number two, something that uh, I really I'm, – I'm, I'm torn on that one as to what to do. Now, I know. <laughs> he, he give, before we say who they pick, Seth, he's yeah. got the Texans giving up two picks they got in the Deshaun Watson trade. The third rounder from the Browns this yeah. year – and the first rounder in 2024. That's 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 too much. I, I can't roll with but, Stroud, right? But as I try to, as I say that, there's a part of me that wonders. Okay, like logically, you can't let this fear of the Indianapolis win at the end of the season skew your judgment about what's the right thing to do right now. You know, it'd be different if there were a new GM that had come in and, like, if this was a brand-new regime that had nothing to do with whatever draft compensation there is now, I think it would be easier to say, like, well, yeah, just go ahead and do it. Just go, you know what, it sucks, but just go ahead and do it. There's something now where it feels like, man, you won that last game, which I don't, like, personally, I don't even have an issue with. I thought Lovey Smith should have gone out and done it. I thought the Colts, the Colts let up an easy interception. It should have been an interception at the end of the game. Like, the play calling and all the other decisions leading up to that moment should have led to a Texans loss. It should have. It's the damn Colts were so bad they couldn't even get an easy interception at the end of the game um, that led to a two point conversion. So, but I don't think that I don't think the go from two to one to a team that probably doesn't want the quarterback um, there. 
almost definitely doesn't want the quarterback there. I'm not giving up a first-round pick for it. Yeah. I'll give him my two and a three and a four or something. But that, I mean, my number two overall and a three and a four, a third and a fourth-round pick or something, but not, uh, not another first That first-round pick. pick from the Watson trade makes it hurt a little too much. I'm with yeah. Well, for what it's worth, the Texans move up from two to one with that trade and with the first pick in the 2023 NFL Chad Reuter mock draft, the Texans select Bryce Young, quarterback Alabama. So no big and, shock there. Yeah, I guess the more shocking thing there is that he still has the Colts trading up to number two to take C.J. Stroud yeah. in that instance, Yeah, which feels a whole lot like that's almost like, all right, can we have a little bit of collusion here amongst the AFC South people? <laughs> like, can we at least, like, all right, listen, I wish, I wish there was some way that those two could get together and like maybe the Texans really like Bryce Young and the Colts really want C.J. Stroud and they could say, like, listen, let's, let's, let's just neither of us trade up. We could just keep our powder dry, and we'll get Bryce Young. You'll get C.J. Stroud. Yeah, um, yeah. Or then you run the risk of all of a sudden somebody else yoinking all the way up to number one. Yep. Uh, let's do the number 12 overall pick. With the 12th pick in the Chad Reuter NFL.com mock draft, the Texans select Kalijah Cansey, defensive tackle, Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. This is the caption from Chad Reuter. Cansey could be a top 10 pick because of his strength at the point of attack and his quickness. We've seen other smaller tackles land in the middle of the first round, such as when Aaron Donald went 13th overall in 2014. Aaron Donald, by the way, also went to Pitt, for what it's worth. Yeah. New Texans coach D'Amico Ryans is quite familiar with Donald's game from his years in San Francisco, so you have to think he'd love to add a playmaker like Cansey on a revamped Houston D-line this season. I, I hate that he went to Pitt, and I hate that the comp is Aaron Donald because all of my arguments against taking him are all the same stupid things that anybody might have said about Aaron Donald. It's really hard. The fear of – I'm very – man, I can tell I care about this draft because I'm getting very emotional and irrational about stuff. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah, like I don't want to trade up to number one because we had it already. It's and fun, now, man. It's like, fun. Like, oh, boy, this guy – Boy, I really would love to take a more prototypical guy, like a bigger ass beater type. But but and yeah, but, man, they're comparing him to Aaron Donald. I know. And he went to Pitt. <laughs> it's just too perfect. <laughs> when was the last time somebody said he went to Pitt? You got it, Dan, Mar- Dan Marino. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like Casario's going to be up. <laughs> There's some scout. Some scout's going to be up on a table on draft night saying, the kid went to Pitt. Oh, yeah. You got to take <laughs> him. He went to, Pitt. he went to Pitt. All right. Let's, uh, hey, let's rapid fire these other picks that the Texans have. And this is a three-round mock draft. So y'all are getting bonus mock draft injection today. You're getting, oh, you're getting yeah. three syringes today, baby. Thanks, Reuter. In the, <laughs> the 33rd overall pick in the Chad Reuter 2023 mock draft, the Texans select Luke Musgrave. Tight end Oregon State, which would give them two tight ends from Oregon State on the roster. Isn't oh. if I'm not mistaken, isn't Tegan Catoriano? Is he an Oregon State guy? I thought he was. That, yeah, and uh, that's what they say. The or, kids from Oregon State are the new uh, the new Samoans of the NFL. You right, see, you couldn't win a Super Bowl without a Samoan. Now it's uh, you can't win a Super Bowl without two tight ends. Right. Brandon Oregon Cooks, State. Oregon State, also. Boy, we're stockpiling pass catchers from the Beavers. Yeah. Is that our new Colorado state? <laughs> yes, the old like pipeline. The lesser state schools that have the same name. It's either Oregon like, State or Alabama, one of the two. They, they, they Alabama it. State? Do we have an Alabama State? We, we do, have, actually. Uh, yeah, Titus right. Howard, yeah. We have a Titus Howard. Yeah. We used to like Colorado State yeah. a lot with Gary Kubiak. There's another Kubiak. Clint Kubiak oh. went to Colorado State, did he not? 
He did. One yeah. of the Kubiak boys went to Colorado he did, State. He did, yeah. And uh, and now Oregon State. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that's that's. I, I'd be cool with a tight end. I I think if it, if we're going Coop Shanistan, Seth, tight end probably gets bumped up on the priority list, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and he's a big stretched out dude, six foot six. Yeah, from Bend, Oregon. Yep. Oh, Bend. You ever been to Bend, Oregon? Really nice town. In the middle yeah, every, of nowhere. Everywhere in Oregon's nice, isn't it? Yeah, kind Bi- of. Biking trails everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, legal mushrooms and all that. Pretty yeah. sweet. Pretty sweet. Uh, do you want one more syringe in the mock draft injection here? Sir? Yes. Round three for the Texans. With the 65th pick in the Chad Reuter mock draft, NFL.com, the Texans select, oh boy, Felix Enedike Uzoma, Kansas State edge rusher. I think you got that right. Yeah. Enudike. Enudike. Enudike Uzoma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so edge rusher. I got to admit, I've not, lo- I've not watched a ton of Anadike Uzoma film. John Harris, if you're listening, he, text me a scouting report real quick. He, he's uh, he's like a – if you think about like Okoronkwo, how – remember at practice we saw Okoronkwo just like running all the time everywhere? Yeah. Like Okoronkwo is one of these guys that like he'll run on one-on-one pass rushes. He'll run, he'll win a pass rush, then he'll sprint back to the line and then run again. And he's just – extremely high motor. Uh, I think, like, he reminds me of that, too, and maybe it's a little bit just because of, like, the Nigerian last name. But um, he he's very, very high motor and, like, it would, would seemingly be a uh, – would seemingly be a D'Amico Ryan's type of guy. Looks like, plays like he really loves the game. This is, uh, not that the Texans don't have a myriad of needs, but these four picks in this Chad Reuter mock draft, Seth, Yeah. quarterback, D-tackle, tight end, D-end, those are all things that seem to fit what they need, Based on honestly, based on the coaching staff, based on D'Amico Ryan's and based on what they plan to do um, offensively. All right, uh, John McClain joins us in about 10 minutes. Let's get to headlines. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines, brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. All right, the final two coaching spots, head coaching spots, are filled in the NFL, and they were filled with coordinators from the Philadelphia Eagles. Shane Steichen in Indianapolis, Jonathan Gannon in Arizona, the offensive and defensive coordinators for the Eagles, respectively. Let's start with Gannon. Gannon, Gannon is super pumped to be the Cardinals' next head coach. What's up, Bird Gang? Jonathan Gannon, your new head coach, Arizona Cardinals. Ready to get to work. Buckle up. We're going to have some fun. Oh, yeah. Ready. See you soon. We'll see you. Uh, ready to run through a brick wall for him. See you. We'll see you soon. See. That problem, the see you soon was tough. It's a... He was doing all right with Buckle Up. Yeah. But the see you soon is, remember in the movie um, Tombstone? Yeah. That one, the, the most loathsome of the villains, the coward, the cowardly one, uh, says, we'll see you soon. Yeah. We'll see you real soon. He's the one that runs away at the end <laughs> to go tell everybody else you cur. Gannon. Guy, yeah. So we, we extrapolate all that to Gannon is a coward, basically. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> he also, but I see people. Um, I see people in Arizona getting all excited because he's um, because he's because uh, uh, they they feel like he coined the phrase "buckle up," which that's not that's not true at all. That's been used forever. <laughs> yes, it has. It's been yeah. used for a long time. You know. You know. Who I first heard "buckle up" from in a football context. Uh, Jim Knowles, who's the defensive coordinator for, at Ohio State right now. Oh yeah, he was a, he was a linebackers coach at Cornell when I was there, and he was awesome. But he used to do the first day of pads every summer. He Buckle would up. do a little song called "Buckle Up for Safety," and he would go around no the offensive players and he'd say "Buckle up." 
for safety. Buckle up. Hey, all you running backs, buckle up for safety. Buckle up. <laughs> I don't know if he still does that at Ohio State. I would encourage him to. <laughs> okay, two things. Two things. One, we have a big announcement at 945 today. I'm going to tease that again. And I would also guess that shortly after the announcement at 945, you're going to hear Buckle up for safety again. I'm looking at Ben in the control room. I'm guessing that that'll be heard again on the way out. I got it. If Jim Knowles doesn't do the buckle up for safety song anymore, I'm going to be highly disappointed in him. And I would forecast doom for Ohio State. I would guess at a school like Ohio State where these big schools are putting everything they can on social media. If he were still using that gimmick, it would be out there. I would, And maybe it is. And we just missed it. Who knows? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He might only do it in quiet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> to himself in his brain. <laughs> he had a rough boy. Knowles was a, he was head coach at Cornell for six years. Uh, we're going to talk about the Ohio State defensive. Uh, the Ohio State no, no Cornell the football. The, the Jim Knowles era. Well, he had a little bit of a Cliff Kingsbury type rise. Is uh, now not? I mean, like he was he was twenty six and thirty four at Cornell. But he, he didn't like automatically get a job with the Vikings, right. Because of it, right. <laughs> Can you imagine if the Vikings are like, "Well, we hired Jim Knowles because uh, he was there when Seth Payne got drafted uh, to Cornell, so that's uh, that pretty good." <laughs> Seth yeah. stood on the table for Knowles to get hired as the Texans head coach. They fired Capers. Uh, the other hire was Shane Steichen uh, yesterday. He was introduced at a press conference uh, as the Indianapolis Colts. Next head coach. The big story from this press conference was Jim Irsay with a couple of cuts here that a lot of people interpreted as Jim Irsay just taking his cards at the poker table and turning around and showing them to everybody there. Let's take a listen. We'll chop it up after that. Here's the first one where Irsay, he mentions specifically them wanting to draft and develop. Well, developing a young quarterback is what he says. What we learned um, in the end was that we just felt that that Shane – um, had a lot of that offensive magic, which is hard to find in this league. It's offense, in my mind, can be a little more complex and takes a longer time to develop. Uh, knowing that we're going to have to find a young quarterback to develop, um, that's a key factor. But he had to show the leadership. He had to show that he had a presence. And, and boy, did, did he um, come through in that with, with his interview. All right, developing a young quarterback mentioned in there is what made not only made everybody's head perk up at that press conference and on Twitter, but it made Chris Ballard, the GM who was sitting to Ursay's left, when he said developing a young quarterback, Chris Ballard, his head shot 90 degrees looking right at Ursay. <laughs> <laughs> Go look at it. I, I promise you that's what happened. It was very funny. I wonder, yeah, but again, I think that, I think that Jim Ursay may or may not have been tipping their hand, and yet it almost doesn't matter because – People don't know exactly. That could very easily be smoke preconceived. Ursay might have gone up before and been like, "Hey, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say some things and make it seem yeah. like this is what we're gonna do." And then I want you to, I want you to wheel around and look at it. And Ursay's like, "My God, what does my life become?" Okay, you, coach. Okay, <laughs> you're, okay. I'll you're, do it. Your uh, your overall point is a good one for this time of year, which is don't believe anything like this time. Yeah. Of year. Like when guys are sitting at press conferences mentioning specific players and stuff. There's a whole lot of like, well, he knows that I know that he knows that I know going on. Yeah, you know? and it just you can't. You, you start going down that road, it's impossible yes. to guess what anybody's thinking. Yes, triple reverse psychology, absolutely. John McClain's going to join us in a few minutes here. You're listening to KLT and KLT HD2, an Odyssey station. Here was the other one from Ursay. 
where he specifically mentions one of the quarterbacks that we just got done talking about earlier this segment. We're not hiding. You know, no one can shy away from the fact what quarterback means in this league and how we have to look going forward where, where Shane and Chris really, you know, dig into this draft and really see where you're at. Do you stay put? Do you trade up? You know, there, there's many things you can do. Uh, they took Jalen in the second round. So, trade um, back. Yeah, trade back. So um, he likes that'll picks. Be a, that'll be a Twitter freaking quote. <laughs> he, he likes picks. Uh, 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 although the Alabama guy doesn't look bad, I tell you. Um, but uh, uh, it'll, be, it'll be exciting, and I think that shows um, that we have talent here, those games. So we're looking forward um, to Shane really coming in and, utilizing that talent the um one thing i'd point out sean is that chris ballard like there's how yeah i've told you this before i don't know if you caught on to it yet do you notice he he makes quite a few references to how people are going to be talking about things yeah or how they're received it's just interesting because <laughs> i think he's really really good at his job and yet for some reason he seems to be way too tuned into like how things are being um, perceived on the outside or what, what media members are saying and everything. Maybe it comes from working in, in that organization for Jim or say, yeah. maybe he feels like he has to keep a, he has to keep a lid on everything or try to keep control of things. He made reference to, um, in the press, I don't have the cut here, but it's funny you say that. Cause he, at one point in the press conference, Ballard was talking about this, the job, the Colts head coaching yeah. opening. And he's like, you know, I know, you know, a lot, I'm paraphrasing here, but this is what the tone of what he was saying was. You know, this is a good job, despite what some people want to say. This is a good job. You know, there are a lot of people were taking taking shots at this job. Yeah, you know, throughout yeah. this process. No, he hears it. All. He hears it all. The one thing I'll say about Ballard is he doesn't ever come across as an a hole about it that I've no, seen. No, you no. Know? Um, he did say what was it? He said <laughs> something in the. He got kind of testy towards the end of last season. I just always feel like it's a. I it's it's generally not a great. Uh, it's. GMs and head coaches and other people like that, I don't think, don't need a steady diet <laughs> no. of social media type stuff because it's too distracting. It can get it can get into your brain and can affect your judgment. Like it just in its um, it's like anything else. It's seductive in a bad way. Yeah, it, you know, hearing your own name, whether it's good or uh, negative, it's just it's it can end up dominating your dominating your time, dominating your attention, affect your decision making. And it and it seems to be front and present in his mind at these press conferences a it, lot. It does. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.